In today's episode, we discover the secret behind eating raw pork, how the FBI cracked an encrypted criminal network, what sick bats do, and we hear from the man who got swallowed by a whale. And in this week in 1878, photographer Edward Newbridge became the first person to capture a moving image on film. He used 12 cameras linked together to take rapid photos of a galloping horse. He wanted to see if all four of the horse's hooves ever left the ground at the same time, and sure enough, they do. The horse was called Sally Gardner. It's one of those food warnings you learn from an early age, don't eat raw pork, or chicken for that matter, and it's largely because of bacteria like Listeria and Salmonella. But now a new study from the RMIT University in Melbourne, Australia, has discovered a natural bacteria that acts as a food preservative, and it all happened because of a trip to Vietnam. Hi there, I'm Professor Oliver Jones, I'm an analytical biochemist, and I'm also the Associate Dean for Biosciences and Food Technology at RMIT University in Melbourne, Australia. Researchers saw people eating a traditional Vietnamese meat snack called nem chua, which is kind of like pepperami, I guess, except it's eaten raw. When they investigated, they discovered that the fermentation process creates friendly bacteria that actually preserve the pork. Uh, so this could develop the world of science because it's a natural food preservative. So sometimes people are worried about food preservatives being artificial. This is natural compound, non-toxic to humans, wide spectrum activity against uh, pathogenic bacteria. Um, so potentially very useful. And uh, bactericins themselves are actually a fascinating group of compounds. There are potentials in human medicine for you know antibacterial compounds, um, as well as in the food industry. So really interesting compounds and a lot of work could potentially be done with them. This could tackle two issues. There's food waste and the threat from the aforementioned diseases. Hey, and it might mean I don't have to throw out last week's sausages just yet then, right? Uh, No, we shouldn't all relax and start eating raw sausage or any other type of raw meat uh, just yet. We've got a bit of a way to go before we make this into a commercial product. This week saw the FBI announce a major swoop on international crime, seizing cash, drugs and arresting more than 800 suspected criminals worldwide. And it's all because of an encrypted messaging service known as Anom. Haroon Malik, Cybersecurity Director at Six Clicks, explains. So these devices um, from the outside very much look like normal phones, but the way they've been configured and the way they've been operated um, is quite specialised to work with the way criminal networks operate. Uh, in, a, in an encrypted manner. And um, from what I understand um, with Anom, you know, you needed to know a criminal to get hold of one of these customized phones. Um, the phones couldn't actually ring or email. Um, you could only communicate with the same person or that is on that particular platform. So Haroon, how did the FBI access the network and what exactly did they find? So the the Anom messaging system appears to have been developed by a criminal suspect himself. He turned himself in and um, he embarked on a career with the FBI. Their undercover agents then began effectively posting as a black market communications company. They focused on getting the phone into as many criminal hands um, as was possible. And eventually, I think they got sort of in excess of 12,000 encrypted devices 
to over, I think it was around 300, 400 syndicates. So yeah, I think this this operation, which they call um, Trojan Shield or Greenlight, I think has really, really been very successful in, in the field of um, blocking um, vital communications in the criminal underworld. And in a week where the FBI recovered a ransom paid in Bitcoin and cracked a secret communication network, is there actually any such thing as a secure encryption? I think... In this case, where they were operating a, um, a properly organised sting operation against criminals, I think they were given, you know, we, we had the actual creator of the platform working for the FBI. So, yes, he or, or she would have been able to read those messages um, legitimately. But certainly, um, you know, secure encryption should always be secure. The only... Um, Draw, the only sort of exception to that rule is if there is what we call a backdoor, where I think in this case where the FBI were involved, you know, they had the means to actually read those messages. Uh, and that's the only exception to the rule there. Bat hasn't had a great run recently, has it? Robert Pattinson's The Batman's been delayed again, and quite a few people still blame them for COVID-19, despite any evidence. Hi, I'm Dr. Kelsey Moreno. I am a researcher who studies animal social behaviour. But it turns out bats are actually pretty good about illnesses. They instinctively socially distance, according to a new study from Tel Aviv University. But how on earth do you study sick bats? Well, you start with a small group of healthy ones. We... Uh, gave them an injection under their skin of a protein that's on the outside of a lot of disease-causing bacteria. So we're basically making them fake sick so that we can track their immune response to what their bodies would do if they actually had a bacterial infection. We tracked how their things like their movement, their food consumption, their body temperature, and their social behavior changed compared to how it was before we did the injection and then over the course of a couple days. The bats who thought they were sick stayed away from the group, effectively socially distancing themselves until the bacteria left their system. The question is, why? Is it because they feel a bit miserable or because they're trying to protect the group? So if we look at it from the bat's perspective, the bat is moving away from the group because it feels bad and in the moment, the best choice available for that individual sick bat is to go and hang by itself. Um, I personally think the biggest reason for that is because if you watch these fruit bat clusters, they're actually quite busy. You tend to have individuals that'll kind of jostle with each other to get to, to the best, most ideal spot. And if you feel bad, you probably don't want to deal with everyone all jostling around you. So my thinking is in order to expend less energy, they are stepping away and isolating themselves. In the moment when you're sick, you're going to prioritize whatever's going to help you get better. Now, if we step back from the individual bat's experience and look at this from an evolutionary perspective, right? this is going to help promote the genes of the individuals who's exhibiting the behavior, right? because if they're saving energy and redirecting it into getting better, right? those they're more likely to pass on those genes. You may have seen Joe Biden hit by a cicada as he boarded a plane to the G7 summit in Cornwall this week. 
Watch out for the cicadas. I just got one. Got me. But what on earth are cicadas? Why is America suddenly obsessed with them? Well, they're an insect with an unusual life cycle, as Gene Kritsky, Dean of Behavioral and Natural Sciences at Mount St. Joseph University, explains. Nature and science predicted that this brood would emerge. Brood 10 of the periodical cicadas is the largest of the 17-year cicada broods. The periodical cicadas are unique to the eastern half of the United States. They're uh, beautifully adapted to life in the eastern deciduous forest. And they have two life cycles. There's a 17-year life cycle and a 13-year life cycle. You'll hear this sound. It sounds like it's raining. And what it is is the cicadas climbing up and then get, losing their grip and falling on the leaf litter. And you look at the grass and you'll see these the grass is moving, like there's a breeze along the ground. And that cicada is climbing up the blades of, uh, blades of grass. They find immediately a vertical surface, like a trunk of a tree, side of a building, a fence post. I've even seen cicadas climb up a parked car tire. So trillions of these insects emerge from the ground, shed their skins and climb into trees. <laughs> now after five days, you'll start hearing isolated singing. Then you start having these chorusing where they're, the males are gathering in trees, so they're singing. Females fly into the tree. She'll flick her wings at a certain point at the call. The male hears that, he turns and faces her. Their eyes meet. They walk closer, he sings, she flicks, and they start copulating. That lasts several hours. And then uh, uh, the female will, after a, couple, a day or so, within a day or so, starts laying her eggs. Then they all die. Jean's launched an app to track the cycle of the cicadas. It's called Cicada Safari, and you can find it in your app store to learn more. It's brilliant. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We've all had the occasional cheeky takeaway during lockdown, but how much of your diet is actually processed food? Dr. Chris Van Tulliken, a TV presenter and also identical twin, has had a detailed look at processed and ultra-processed food for a new BBC documentary. I'm going to switch from my normal healthy diet, it's pretty healthy, I eat about 20% ultra-processed food, to an 80% ultra-processed food diet. And that is the same diet, it sounds extreme, but it's the same diet that around one in five people in the UK eat. So I want to find out if changing, just doing nothing but changing the proportion of ultra-processed food in my diet has any effect on my health. Studies show that 21% of children are living with obesity by the time they leave primary school and that children eat 64% processed food and teens 67%. So after four weeks, what impact did the diet have on him? Well, let's start with how you were when we started. So okay. four weeks ago... Magnificent. What would you say? A standard man in early middle age? Yeah, that is you. After. I have the increasing man yeah. boob. And also your stomach is, looks quite... Yeah. Your weight went up by 6.5 kilograms in four weeks. That's quite a lot, isn't it? 
and your body mass index went up by two points, which took you into the overweight range. And then the body fat went up by three kilos. And most concerning of all, scans four weeks apart showed that the diet had an extraordinary impact on the connections in his brain. Comparing these scans has revealed that my diet has linked up the reward centres of my brain with the areas that drive repetitive, automatic behaviour. So eating ultra-processed food has become something my brain simply tells me to do without me even wanting it. Shockingly, this is something you might see in a person with addiction. What Are We Feeding Our Kids is available to watch now on the BBC iPlayer. weeks ago on the Science 7, we had a story about the world's most dangerous predator, the mosquito. Yep, it kills more people than any other animal or insect. At that time, scientists were experimenting with CRISPR gene editing to make mosquitoes sterile. But now a new approach to the world's deadliest predators has proven even more effective. Dr Katie Andrews from the World Mosquito Programme spoke to Channel 4 News about an exciting new trial in Indonesia aimed at reducing the levels of the deadly dengue fever, which is spread by our old friend, the mosquito. It involves a friendly bacteria called Wolbachia. So Wolbachia exists in more than half of insect species, but unfortunately not naturally in the Aedes aegypti mosquito, which is responsible for transmitting dengue and other viruses. So it had to be helped along. So years of laboratory work went into getting the Wolbachia uh, bacteria into Aedes aegypti mosquitoes. And once it's in there, it, it stays in there. It's passed down through the mosquito eggs. And when we release those into the wild, uh, they breed with the other mosquitoes, with the wild mosquitoes, and Wolbachia establishes itself in the mosquito population. The trials proved tremendously successful in Indonesia, reducing levels of dengue fever by 77%, and now may be rolled out to other territories, but it's been a long process. Our program director, Scott O'Neill, has been working on Wolbachia for decades. Um, it was just over 10 years ago that it was found that when Wolbachia was in the mosquito, it blocked dengue virus transmission. So that was obviously a, a critical moment. And then this trial's been about five years in the making and the doing to really show in the field that you can stop dengue when these mosquitoes are established. It's a tale as old as the Bible. Well, it's certainly featured in the Bible. When Jonah got swallowed by a whale. Last Friday morning, lobster fisherman Michael Packard jumped off his boat and into the water just off Provincetown, Massachusetts. He describes feeling a huge bump, and then everything went a bit dark. All I could feel was pressure and movement, and this whale just swimming and shaking his head, and and I'm in this Did dark. Did you realize you were in a whale? And then I realized after I said it's it's not a shark. The only other thing is I just got eaten by a whale. It appears he was swallowed by a humpback whale. They're gulp feeders, according to Peter Corcoran of the New England Aquarium, and they just slurp up as much as they can and swallow it down. Michael's attempt to escape alerted the whale, and he swam towards the surface and, well, basically spat him out. I've been diving for 40 years, so I knew, I mean, it was... I didn't think it was possible, but I said that this can't be anything else. I'm in a whale's mouth. 
So do keep an eye out if you're at the beach this weekend. You never know. This has been the Sunday 7. Wherever you're listening, do us a favour and hit the follow button. We'll be back tomorrow at 7am with the regular Smart 7. Have a great rest of your weekend. Written, produced and published by Daft Doris. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.